this morning, and this is one of the very few places around the globe that we can just say that we are missionaries and to feel that warm, welcoming. And I want to join my voice with uh, my fellow co-workers here, just that this week has been just heaven to us. I feel like Peter, you know, just being at the mountain of uh, transfiguration there, and he made that suggestion to Jesus. Jesus, could we put up some tents here? We're going to stay here just forever? No, no. But we have a temptation that, you know, I'm going to fly from Athens here just for every single service on Sunday morning. That's... Uh, I'm bringing greetings from your brothers and sisters from Greece and all the nations that we are working in that part of the world. They have asked me whenever I'm with God's people just to convey their love and greetings and appreciation. So I bring you greetings from people from Albania, from all former Yugoslavia, from Bulgaria, from Romania, from Turkey, from Middle Eastern people like people from Egypt. And now for new people that they come to know the Lord, coming out of the fire of the war from Syria. And now very difficult, just countries like Afghanistan and Pakistan and India as they come and worship together. We live in a unique world. We have built big houses, but we have failed just to develop close relationships. We have glorious receptions in the weddings and we are just cheering up for the newlyweds and we know that 50% of them they're going to divorce later on. We are just uh, gotten all the technology and we can just achieve to establish communications and have direct connection with people from all over the world, but we fail to develop meaningful relationships with our members of our family, with our co-workers, with our fellow students in the same class. We are going in a Starbucks and we are just being on the same table and we are exchanging text messages. But we do not communicate with our hearts. We have countries that they are in, in the midst of a conflict and they are fighting each other and they need reconciliation. We live in an era that reconciliation, it's the greatest demand of the world that we need. And we, the children of God, have given that privilege to carry on the ministry of reconciliation. Last Sunday, Pastor Sam just kneeled down the concept of the gospel, which is good news for the people all over the world. And this is something that we have to carry out. And I wanted just to open the Word of God this morning and go, go to the last verses of our text for uh, our missions conference. And I'll ask you to open your Bibles, 2 Corinthians 5. And I know that 
most of you, you're not going to open your Bible. Uh, turn on your f- smartphones, maybe, yes. But who cares about that? What I want you to do, though, is to open your heart. What God may have to say to you and to me this morning from the Word of God. We don't have a human message to share. We have to stay in front of Him and receive from Him what He wants us from the Word of God. And this will never change among the believers till the Lord comes to pick us up over there. So let's read the Word of God here. And I'm going to start from 2 Corinthians 5, reading uh, from verse... uh, 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 18, uh, speaking about all the beautiful things that God has done through Christ, reconciling us to Himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That is in Christ God, who reconciling the world to Himself, not counting their trespasses against them, and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. Now, I'm going to read the verse 20 from my Greek Bible, and I have to translate it, because there is a little difference that you may appreciate. So, He gave us to do the work of the ambassador. Your translation says to become ambassadors of Christ. No, no, no. It doesn't say that. It's using the verb here. To do the work of the ambassador for Christ, as God, he's appealing through us. He beseeches you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. Lord, this morning as we just opened the word of God, I want to pray that you may just touch our hearts. Give us to see the tremendous responsibility we have to bring the good news of the gospel around the globe, but also across the street. The communities that we live, in the countries that we don't know, Lord, thank you for giving us that great, awesome privilege to become your ambassadors around the globe. We pray that as I share from the word this morning, you may confirm that with the Holy Spirit in the hearts of every one of us. And you're going to be lifted up in such a way that you're going to draw all of us closer to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So, I wanted to share with you this morning a few things about uh, us being ambassadors of Jesus Christ. And the first thing that I wanted just to tell you about the position of the ambassador. Here we have Uh, The verse form that we are asked by Apostle Paul to do the work of the ambassador in verse 20, just bringing the message of reconciliation. And I wanted just to see and think, what is actually the position of the ambassador? What the ambassador is doing? The first thing that I wanted to underline is that the ambassador does not do anything by himself. He has to be called first. You don't become an ambassador because you want to become an ambassador. In order to become an ambassador, you got to respond to the call of your government, of your king. The second thing about the ambassador is not only 
he has to carry this job, but he has to let the king complete his work first in him. The ambassadors of Christ are unique ambassadors around the globe. They have experienced in their hearts first the work of their king. They have just felt and they have just experienced the transforming power. And this is the message that they are called to carry on and share with other people around the globe. The third thing is that we are to commit, represent the king all the time. <laughs> you cannot just be an ambassador, I'm an ambassador, three hours every day, you know, just. You commit yourself all the time. You represent him every single moment of your lives. As you wake up, as you work, as you talk, as you laugh, as you are having fun, or as you cry. You are the ambassador. Now, another characteristic is you are carrying that, and you are carrying that not as your own interest, but you are carrying the interest of your king, not by yourself, but with other people also. So I cannot be an ambassador of the United States in Greece and not pay any attention about the interests of the country in the neighboring countries, in the other ambassadors that they're working in other places around the globe. So the ambassadors, they have to have their eyes open and they have to have always tune up with the interest of their king. Another characteristic of the ambassador is that they have to cross over. <laughs> I want to become an ambassador. You know what? But I wanted to live in a beautiful suburb of Washington, D.C. I mean, it doesn't work like this. You know? If you want to become an ambassador, you have to cross over and you may go to a foreign land for sure. You're going to go to a very difficult country. You're going to face strange people. You're going to just face difficult situations. But you are going to be the ambassador of your government of your king. Now, the ambassadors are very educated people. They have their own worldview. Yes, they're very, very well versed of what is going around the globe, but they never, never, never convey their own message. They never express their own opinion. They convey the message of the king, the message of the government, that had sent them over there. And let me tell you, that's not an easy thing. It's a very difficult thing because you feel, okay, I would do this better, but you have to be tuned up with the throne of grace every single moment and convey only the message that the Lord is giving you to convey. We're talking with some of the fellow missionaries and they, they said, what are you going to say today? And I say. <laughs> I don't know. As a matter of fact, right now, sitting here on the, on the chair, there are two uh, uh, personalities that they know exactly what I'm going to say. One is God, and the other is myself. When I get over there, only God would, would know. Just. <laughs> the ambassadors, one day, they're going to conclude their mission. There is an expiration day. So we're not going to be ambassadors forever. 
This is for time being. The time is coming that we all going to be called home. And we're going to just enjoy the presence of the Lord that we have been serving in our lives. Now you may ask, what is the purpose of the Christian ambassador? What is the main thrust? And this is the second idea that I would like just to bring to you. The ambassador of Christ is bringing the message of reconciliation. And that message has one very crucial prerequisite. It's asking people to place their faith in Christ. This is it. Come on, I mean, you are just working just for that. Let me tell you, this is a message which can transform the lives of people like any other message around the globe. The second thing is that they are bringing and using some means in order to do this process, the reconciliation. And this is the grace of Christ. You know, when you have in front of you some catastrophes, when you see the world of people being collapsed, when you see the devastation in the lives of people, when you see these people just do not have any good attitude. The only thing that you trust in order to fulfill your ministry is the grace of God. And let me tell you, unless you experience the grace of God in your life, you cannot share that grace with other people around you. I'm standing here today, even though I have been working for the Lord for 30 years with my wife because of the grace of God. We are ambassadors of Jesus Christ, and we have the message of reconciliation, which is just proclaiming the faith in Christ, and the means of reconciliation is nothing else but the grace. And the third thing that I want just to point out of the purpose is the mission of reconciliation depends on our obedience to Christ. So this morning, I would like to ask you to make that decision. I don't want to ask you to just get out of your comfort zone. I don't want you just to ask you to do something that you feel uncomfortable. But I would like just to ask you to make the decision. Would you like to become ambassador of Jesus Christ? In your own environment, in your own communities, in your own family, in your own context, to become ambassador of Jesus Christ. This is what missions is all about. This is something that we have to decide in obedience to Christ so we may stand firmly and ask people to reconcile with God. There is nothing else. I would like just to add one third thought here. The personal call to become an ambassador. You may think, you know, just, am I called? You see, Apostle Paul here in the text, he's using the first plural. He doesn't say, I'm called to do the work of the ambassador. He says, we all are ambassadors or we are called to do the work of the ambassador. All the believers that they have received the grace of God and they have led Christ to transform their lives, immediately they're candidates of carrying the message 
of reconciliation with other people, either across the street or around the globe. This is a divine calling which is presented to all of us. And there are two groups in every church, no matter you are in Greece, in America, in Africa, in Asia, there are the people that are going to say yes to Jesus and be obedient, and there are the people that they're going to stay disobedient to that call. We have enough people that they have joined the church in order to fulfill their religious duties, but they never embrace the heart of the Lord about the nations. The divine calling is for everybody. Now, this is a divine honor. Now, it depends in what country you are an ambassador, Right? In Botswana, you know, just in a country, and I don't want just to diminish any of the countries, but in a small country, somebody is an ambassador. But can you imagine that you are called to be an ambassador of Almighty God, the creator of the universe, the King of kings, and the Lord of lords, the one who has saved us by the shed blood of the Calvary. This is the king that we are to represent. And this is a tremendous honor I cannot hold it. I feel so overwhelmingly thrilled when I sign sometimes in my letters in his royal service. Wow. It's divine calling. It's divine honor. How are we going to do the work? Let me tell you. He is providing the power. And this is the Holy Spirit, and this is the work of the Holy Spirit. And as we heard from our brethren, we cannot change even ourselves. Only God can change everybody. We are participating in this not because we have the power, not because we are equipped, not because we are well prepared, but because we are experiencing the power of the Holy Spirit working around the globe today. And the last thing that I wanted to tell you. We are working, experiencing the victory. And we are working from the position of the victory because we know the ultimate end of this battle. The victory is coming. The Lord is sitting on His throne every single moment. And we see His church being just spreading all over the world today as we speak. I want to close with this story, which is a true story. It happened in 2002. I remember because I turned 40, and my wife didn't let me forget about that. Now you can do the calculations, and you know exactly how old I am. It was after the Kosovan crisis when we had that catastrophe in Balkans, and we had the whole Balkans almost on flame starting the Third World War, 1999. After, after one year, two years, we tried to minister to these people, and God placed upon our hearts to have a conference inviting people from all over the region, just young people, to come to the conference under the theme, love your city, love your neighbor. This is what we did. 400 people. 
from 15 nations, from Moldova down to Cyprus, and from Turkey all the way up to Hungary, and from Herzegovina, and Bosnia, and from Croatia, and from Serbia, and Kosovo, and Albania. I mean, that was something else. And you know what? We had all the media next to us observing. They say, okay, now they're going to start the Third World War. When you bring these people together, that they have experienced such a gap in their relationships, the Serbian people or the Albanian people, they have seen their daughters, their sons, they are members of the family being killed by each other, raped by each other, shed blood there. It's not easy to bring these people together. And we did it just to encourage the Christians of these nations to become agents of reconciliation, to encourage them. We all came together and we had a wonderful time. We didn't start a war and we were about to finish our, our conference there. That was awesome. And that was on Sunday. And we thought to have the Lord's Supper. With the young people, you cannot have all this... Uh, uh, Procedures that we have in a big church, you know, we didn't know everybody was coming from different language, context, and culture. So we wanted to be simple. So we just, uh, just gather around the table with the elements. And there we start praying and worshiping God. <coughs> and we were getting ready to participate. And we had some time of prayer. Fifteen different nations. Young people. And all of a sudden. We saw the people from Albania, a former atheistic nation, to stand up without any notice, come in front of the table, pick up the elements, and go on the other side where the Serbian people were sitting, and then kneel down and ask for forgiveness on behalf of their nation for whatever they have caused them. And they serve them. Let me tell you, if you have the greatest diplomats, the most genius leaders, the most well-educated professors of the university, they cannot produce something like this that the only the Holy Spirit can produce. Total silence. And then we see the people from Bulgaria to stand up and do the exact same thing for the people of the neighboring region of North Macedonia. And we saw the people from Moldova to do the exactly same things to the people of Romania. And then we saw the three, only three people from Turkey we had in the conference, believers, they stood up and they came in front of the delegation of the people of Cyprus. 30% of the island is occupied by Turks. Nicosia is the only capital in the world which is divided. And they kneeled down Ask for forgiveness. Would you like to become an ambassador of this king? 
Would you like just to consider, carry the message of reconciliation? We have the refugees that are coming in Greece, and this is a tremendous opportunity just for us. And we see that ministry of reconciliation going on. You see, these are people like us. Look at them. Look at their faces. They're coming just from the war. And I want to give you just that slide that I shared with our men. I just took this picture at the Art Museum in Bentonville, Arkansas. And the title was The Refugees. Look at these people. Do you know where these people are coming from? They're American refugees from the war, the Civil War, 1865. And I want you just to see their faces with refugees coming out of Syria. Let me tell you, the Ministry of Reconciliation is needed today, as always needed, because of the sinful nature of people and the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Lift up your eyes and see their harvest. The fields are ready and the workers are few. I have a very crucial question just to give you. This is a basic question. Look at that bridge. You know about the floods, right? You know, just that bridge was just inaugurated somewhere in Central America. It's a great bridge, you know. They had just music and celebrations and everything. And then they had the flood there. And the, the river bypassed the bridge. This is my question. Are we fulfilling the responsibilities as an ambassador of Christ in our era and place? Or we just embrace our title and we have a bridge which doesn't serve its purpose? This is the question that I carry day and night in my heart and ask, Lord, tune me up. Change me, transform me. I want to be available for the ministry of reconciliation in this dying world today. And if we like to do that, there is only one way to do it. Just to surrender ourselves and live in an authentic way to the spiritual challenges that we have as an ambassadors of Christ. Okay, what are you going to do with your life? Would you like just to take that responsibility and become an ambassador of Christ? This is something that you're going to just answer in your heart. This morning, though, I just feel just to give this invitation for all of us. So as we're just closing for our final song, I want you just to make that decision about your life. And if the Lord speak to your heart and say, yes, I want to take the stand with all these missionaries, all these people of God that they are standing, bridging the gap on this dying world and bring the message of reconciliation. I want you just to stand up where you are. We're not going to have any music. This is just a decision that you're going to make as we pray. And then I'm going to ask Pastor Sam to come and close us in prayer. And then we're going to go to continue, not our mission conference, but our mission Christ-centered life till he comes.
Amen. Let's pray.